1: Shopify helps you
2: do your thing, however you cha-ching, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome to Unhappy Hour, the show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. I'm your host, Matt. Bellassai. I'm here in the studio, as always, with my producer, Barry Finkel. Hi, Barry. Hey, Matt, you got any cool 420 plans this week? Obviously. I'll be baked like a cupcake, Barry. Oh nice. We got a great episode ahead, so let's blaze right through this intro. We got worse Things First, where we get ripped by the most horrifying news of the week, After that, we're diving deep into the weeds of royalty. That's right, the Royal Highnesses of the United Kingdom. Heard of them? I don't get it. I don't get them. And we need to talk about it. And finally, we puff puff pass the mics over to Bo and Yang and Matt Rogers from the pop culture podcast, Lost Culturistas. They visit this dude for an interview in a game of bowl of shit talk with a real bowl. Okay, I know I've been pushing it on the marijuana puns, but I actually mean a bowl, like for cereal. We got a real bowl and shook it up. So let's go, let's do it, let's light this baby up and start the show! <laughs> All right, horse things first, where I react to all the news that got me fucked up this week. First, right in time for 420, half of a ton of marijuana disappeared from a police warehouse Sorry. in Argentina. Oh. And according to the cops, it was eaten by mice which is another way of saying they did it. <laughs> we stole it. And um, they're dead. Well, that's the, that's the thing. So they basically they got a bunch of forensic experts in a courtroom and talk about how if mice, first of all, mice wouldn't mistake marijuana for food because they're not idiots. They're mice. <laughs> Second of all, if a large group of mice had eaten it, A lot of corpses would have been found in the warehouse. Yeah. They had forensic experts come in and tell the court that even a large amount of rodents couldn't have eaten this much. (laughs) (laughs) The police are lying. I mean, yeah, that's a fuckload. That's the technical term. Yeah. Fuckload Mm -hmm. of Argentinian weed. Don't cry for weed, Argentina. Next! According to police, a man in Connecticut robbed a bank and then went to Taylor Swift's mansion in Rhode Island and started throwing money over her fence. That's very nice. In an attempt to woo her into marriage, just like Romeo and Juliet did. Yeah. It. Wow. Um sadly it did not work. Aww. Probably because he only stole one thousand six hundred dollars, which is worth like one Taylor Swift shit. <laughs> like, come on, dude! If you're gonna rob a bank, rob a bank. Am I right? <laughs> like, go for it. <laughs> she she doesn't need the money. I guess. Right. Like, you should. It's throw... not about the money. It's about the deed.
0: What else would you throw over to Taylor Swift to try and woo her, though? Because she doesn't need the money. You know, a bottle of pennies. There you go.
2: A bottle of worms. All right. That you used to catch a large fish. Mm. Um, one of those scarves that clowns pull out of their mouth. There we go. One of those uh molds that they make out of porn stars buttholes. She
0: would love that. So
2: you can fuck it and it feels like the porn stars right. butthole. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all good ideas. Yeah. Not this, because now he's in jail and being held on a bond of one hundred thousand dollars. Guess what he doesn't have? Like nine
0: hundred and nine nine hundred dollars
2: Says the math lead. <laughs> what? $98,400. That's right. Okay. Next up in love troubles, uh, a man, a Spanish man named Sergi Santos, that's the Spanish pronunciation, <laughs> um, created a sex doll... Equipped with the latest
0: advancements
2: in artificial intelligence, it's named Samantha.
0: <laughs> he was a big Sex in the City fan. <laughs>
2: yeah. She's so saucy. She's definitely the sluttiest of her friends <laughs> in an empowering way. Right. But in an interview, he basically defends his sex doll. He's married to a a woman, and his wife is, like, cool with it. (laughs) And he's the whole interview is him defending it, being like, it's totally healthy because, like, if my wife doesn't want to have sex with me, I'll just fuck the robot. I'll give Samantha a spin. And then that's totally healthy, and now our marriage will last forever. Hmm. But now Uh he's inventing a male sex robot... And now he's like, I think this robo-penis is going to ruin my marriage. (laughs) Quote, I think I would feel jealous if she, my wife, used the male sex object. If I found that she likes the male doll better than me, in the sense that she doesn't want to be with me, I'd get divorced. (laughs)
0: This man sounds insecure.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How bad at sex are you that you're like, what if I invent a sex doll and my my wife leaves me for him? (laughs) It is true, though. I mean, like, if you're building the perfect sex doll, it's going to be better than you. I'm sure if your wife had a choice, she would make you different, (laughs) sir. (laughs) (laughs) Next, back in Canada. Here's a crazy story. A fertility doctor is the subject of a class action lawsuit that alleges the following. Basically, a bunch of women came to this doctor to get fertilized. I know where this is going. And some of them used like anonymous donor sperm. Others brought their own from home. And now, years later, recent DNA tests show that the doctor appears to be the biological father of at least like 11 of them.
0: So they came in. You got to cut costs somewhere in your business. <laughs>
2: what? <laughs> it costs more money to... They said they brought the sperm. They already oh, had the sperm. Or maybe not. More. Maybe if they thought like, oh, we'll just take any anyone's sperm. Well, he was no, like, I, think I you got like, your you sperm like, right here. You
0: pick... You pick a donor but then the doctor doctor secretly just fill out the paperwork and and so you you cut some costs, you cut some corners. Right. And instead you can just drag off in a cup and do the thing and there you go.
2: Yeah. But now a bunch of people are mad.
0: Right. And also related. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Because they're like, oh, hey, we have 10 new siblings we didn't know about. The craziest part of the story, I'm quoting one from a BuzzFeed article. The complaint that's now filed against him said some sperm samples entrusted to him throughout his career became contaminated with other sperm. How does that happen? <laughs> what do <are> you? <laughs> it's not like baking soda. Oops. <laughs> yeah. It's that... Yeah, it's not like a bag of flour that's just like accidentally burst open. Like, <laughs> you... how, what vessels are you keeping <laughs> <the> sperm in? <laughs> Dropped my, my vial of sperm into this other vial. No, it's fucked up. Anyway, last, also in Canada. A Swedish television host was interviewing my boyfriend comic Canadian twink category, Sean Mendes. Mm, yes. And asked one of the most important questions you can ask in an interview: can I sniff your armpit? What? <laughs> and Sean was like, sure, I guess. And then he sniffed his armpit. And the most angered that I am about all of this is that I wasn't the one who got to do it first. We're Aww. This whole time, I could have been asking my interviewees <laughs> if I could sniff their armpits. And I can't. Can I smell your armpit? Sure, man. Go for it. <gasps> Fuck, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird for so many reasons, mostly how quickly he agrees to it. <laughs> which convinces me. I mean, he is Canadian, so I'm pretty convinced that, like... If you ask him to do anything, he'll say yes. <laughs> Although, I should point out, apparently it is a thing that this interviewer, whose name is Bjork, by the way.
0: <laughs> it's Bjork. Uh,
2: not It's not the it's not Bjork, Bjork. Or it is. Who and knows? she's just in fantastic Swedish makeup.
0: You know, I wouldn't put it past her. Uh,
2: but I guess he does this with everybody. It's like his thing. So okay. Maybe they knew it was coming. But still, now, if Sean Mendez ever comes on this podcast I have to sniff his armpit. Yeah. At least. At least. And that's it for Worst Things First. Now put on your tiaras and let's dive deep into royalty. Royals. Crumpets. Crown jewels. Prince Harry's pubes. Deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive, deep dive. dive. deep tide deep tide deep tide deep tide all right so this week a bunch of people started lining up outside of St Mary's Hospital in London or somewhere and why are people lining up outside of an actual hospital like Justin Bieber fans outside of a porta potty he just took a shit in because this week princess kate middleton is expected to push a third baby out of her royal crumpet and super fans of the royal family are hoping to catch a glimpse of it, I guess, just a freshly birthed diaper shitter. Especially when they hold it up over Pride Rock and bow before it, along with all the other animals of the United Kingdom. Also, did you know when a baby is born in the UK, they wrap it in newspaper? Like the what? like fish and chips? <laughs> no. And they pass it out through a window.
0: Oh, okay, no. <laughs>
2: This week also starts the one-month countdown to the royal wedding when Prince Harry formally relinquishes his title as most eligible ginger bachelor in the world, leaving Eddie Redmayne, Beaker the Bulging-Eyed Muppet, and a soggy poster of Ed Sheeran to compete for the honor.
0: And Matt Bellassi. I'm throwing in Matt Bellassi. Mm, no. Okay.
2: Meanwhile, the role of most eligible Harry remains uncontested, right? Anyway, this leads us to the deep dive topic for today. Why everybody who loses their shit over the royal family is the worst. Because let's be real, unless Lord is turning them into a song, I don't give a shit about royals. So let's get into it. First of all, why should I care about your freshly laid sausage encased egg of a baby if it's only gonna be like fourth or fifth in line to be king or queen? I don't give a shit! The only reason this baby matters is because it might be king or queen one day. That's the only reason we give a shit about it. And let's face it, the tiny robots operating Queen Elizabeth will last forever. (laughs) So nice try, you tiny sack of shit. You'll never have your day. Next! Royal titles don't make any sense, right?
0: How many seasons of Downton Abbey? Six? Still have no idea how that shit works. I mean, they're not even royals. They're like nobles. Right, but they're all titles. Yeah, technically they're like earls. Yeah, and dukes and lords and ladies. Whatever. Doesn't make sense.
2: That's not real. No, but like Prince of Wales. Excuse me, sir. I bet you can't tell me a single thing about Wales. (laughs) Like that each blue whale testicle weighs 99 to 150 pounds. That's right. Pounds, you cowards. Also, a blue whale ejaculates over five gallons of semen in one single blow.
0: Oh, my God. Which is a
2: third of the amount of semen that the Prince of Wales will blow in his lifetime. So how about that? (laughs) The amount of research that went into that. (laughs) Was like three separate Google searches. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up how much semen does an average man ejaculate in a lifetime, and it's fourteen gallons, which feels like too much.
0: Can we move on. <laughs> uh, next,
2: <laughs> next, their weddings are extra as shit, and I'm mostly mad because my wedding will be a disaster. In comparison. And also the ghosts of Charles Dickens and Sir Isaac Newton won't be there.
0: And also you won't have the public paying for it. You'll have to pay for it yourself. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. They didn't even invite me to it, which makes me mad. Like,
2: if you can't even invite someone who's been masturbating to pictures of Prince Harry since puberty, then who can you invite? (laughs) I will say, if I've learned anything from history, it's that marriage means nothing to the royal family if you're dedicated enough and are willing to piss off the catholic church.
0: I don't know what you're referencing.
2: When they started a whole new church, the Church of England. Oh. Uh... You know history? No. <laughs> 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 Henry VIII wanted to divorce his wife and they wouldn't let him so he was like I'm gonna start my own goddamn church and oh, then he did true. and then he divorced her and then he killed his next wife oh. and then the next one died and then he divorced oh, this the fourth is Shakespeare one play, and it? then he beheaded I think the I read it in high one. school school. <laughs> and then the last one survived. Do you not know who Henry VIII is? Barely. <laughs> I'm just saying, all right? One little marriage isn't going to stop me from lusting after Prince Harry and his lush bush of ginger pubes, okay? (sighs) Did that stop Henry VIII? No, he chopped their heads off until he got what he wanted. This is not a threat (laughs) to Meghan Markle. I'm just saying. Next! Basically, the royals are famous for nothing, right? American royalty, at least, is famous because they earned it through sex tapes, and relentless exploitation of social media and reality television, right?
0: Amen.
2: (sighs) And British royal scandals are lame. So
0: tame and lame.
2: Like, oh, Prince Charles had an affair and then they got divorced. In America, if one of our royals has an affair, the other one stands there while her sister beats the shit out of him in an elevator. And then they make art about it. Also, I do want to point out that Prince Harry is no angel, okay? He's done his fair share of shit. He did wear that Nazi costume once when he was like 19 to a party. Yeah. Um, To be fair, his uncle was friends with Hitler. So, (laughs) allegedly. Watch The Crown, you'll understand. He probably has among the most scandals of the royal family. He did marijuana once. He told his dad that he tried marijuana and that he drank underage, and then they put him in rehab for one day (laughs) to learn the consequences of cannabis consumption. (laughs) (laughs) And there was that time he got completely naked during a game of strip billiards. And the most offensive thing about the story to me is that he took out his beans and toast for strip billiards, (laughs) which is not a thing. (laughs) I can't imagine a most like saucy British sentence like, do you want to play a game of strip billiards? (laughs) Can we just fuck? How about that? We don't have to do this.
0: I prefer a game of strip croquet. (laughs)
2: It was in Las Vegas also. Oh, really? Like, look anywhere. (laughs) There's a card. There's a deck of cards. Maybe it's too much for him because it has the face of his father's on it. You can't can't look at a face of, like, the Queen of Hearts (laughs) with your dick out. Next, the royals are shit because they don't even wear crowns all the time. Like, what's the use of being a royal if you're not going to walk around with a crown on your head. I'm just saying, if Meghan Markle and Prince Harry get a divorce, or something worse, (laughs) and I become a royal, I'm not going anywhere without a bejeweled head. I don't care if it weighs five pounds, or I'm in the shower. I'm wearing it. Next! There are, like, way hotter British guys that we could be engorging our big red buses with, right? Right? Henry Cavill, Idris Elba, Mr. Bean. <laughs> I'm just saying, we could be dipping our tea bags into hotter water, if you know what I mean. Right? We could be stuffing our pies with a, a mincier meat. Because, like, the royals are rich hot. Like, sure, if you inbreed for enough generations and then, like, dollop money on top of it, you'll get something hot eventually. I like an Oliver Twist story. Myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, what about some that good homegrown sausage? <laughs> Moving on, I'm almost near the end here. Let's face it, the UK is taking over. We need to fight back. Two out of three Spider-Mans are British. Uh-huh. What? My fiance, Harry Styles, is British. True. Even Stephen Hawking was British, and none of us knew because his robot computer had an American accent. That's true. I did not know. (laughs) (laughs) I assume it was on purpose because they were trying to distract us while Britain took back all their tea. Finally, mostly, this can all be summarized by the fact that I'm still mad. That my Princess Diana Beanie Baby is worth nothing. Worthless. Nothing. I was told that if I kept that thing hermetically sealed in a plastic tube and I avoided making direct eye contact with it, that it would be worth at least like $3 billion by now. But no. Now we give it to the dog to hump when the couch cushion isn't enough. And that is why I don't give a shit about the baby. That is why I don't give a shit about the wedding. And that is why I don't give a shit about the royals. Thank you and good night. So that's our deep dive. Now let's get to know another set of royalty the pop culture queens, Matt Rogers and Bo and Yang, hosts of the podcast Los Culturistas. Our guest complainers today are comedians and pop culture aficionados Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers, co-hosts of the very funny podcast Las Culturistas, which Time Out New York referred to as addictively bitchy, and was just named as one of Time Magazine's 50 best podcasts, which I'm not at all jealous about, because mm-hmm. we were not on the list, but whatever. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Bowen and Matt. Hello. Hi, Hi, Matt. What's going on? Oh, you know, just... Podcasting with no recognition.
1: Uh, Look, listen,
3: that you are a chart topper. You're <laughs> thank you, thank you. you. Yes, please, please. I think they probably Keep said going.
1: you were up there and like doesn't need the help beyond recognition from <laughs> Time Magazine, there honey.
3: on the Doesn't need time. that should go on your, on your fine. On your uh,
2: to go even further, we'll have you each intro one another more specifically than I could. Uh, Matt, you can start.
1: Okay, sitting to my right is a real fashionista as well as a culturista. This guy, sometimes I go over to his apartment and I'll see a new sweater and I'll say, where did you get this? How much was this? And the answers horrify me. But guess what? He rocks him out. Bitch, you've seen him on Broad City. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and his name <laughs> is Bowen Yang. Hi,
3: thank you. And sitting to my other right is just the king and queen of Long Island. Mm, the baby. product of... Not toxic masculinity, but sweet, sweet, gorgeous flows right down the palate. Masculinity, I love that. Um, my friend, he's just the best. You've seen him on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, oh <laughs> and oh my no goodness, you haven't. he's the Meredith Grade of my Christina Yang, Matt Rogers. Oh
1: wow, I love that.
3: Yeah. That was beautiful. My person. Yeah.
2: Totally. Well, welcome to you both. It's a pleasure. Thank you, you, Matt. We like to start by asking everybody, what is one thing you hate that everybody else loves? You can answer individually as a unit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Okay, I have an answer. Go. I hate jokey, fun Instagram and Twitter names. I think everyone should just be their fucking name. (laughs) This bitch, his name is Faye Dunaway on Instagram, and I think that's funny. (laughs) And that's also a plug for his Insta. Thank you. But the thing is, like, the other day, I got followed by Carly Rae Jepsen. (laughs) And then I I fucking clicked it, and it was, like, some guy. Right, right. (laughs) But the thing is, it's (laughs) like, I don't know. I had that rush that I have followed by the queen. Yeah. And then it wasn't. Right, right. And it takes away from, like, when someone actually famous follows. Like, Mm -hmm. the other day, this is a big feather in our cap for this month. Is that Padma Lakshmi is following us now? Yeah. But I saw Padma Lakshmi followed you and I was like, oh, who's this queer? (laughs) I was just like, who got the name Padma Lakshmi and is like rolling through to follow me? And then it was the real Padma. Right.
2: The one redeeming quality of verification is that blue check mark next to Padma Lakshmi's name. Yes, absolutely. But
1: when they follow you, you don't see that. Right. It just says so and so followed you. And when I saw Carly Ray Jefferson followed you, I did think, Well, this is a world in which Padma Lakshmi follows me. I was like, it could totally be in the realm of possibility this is the real Carly Rae. Yeah. But it was not. So fuck them. I don't like that. I I mean, I get that people love to have fun with their names, whatever. I just want to know who you are. Let's be direct about it. Right, right,
3: right. Cut through the bullshit. Totally. Um, My thing that everyone loves that I hate, um, I'm going to say lotion... I fucking don't understand <laughs> lotion. It's the so entire category oh of all God. lotion. Look, I'm trying to do better about moisturizing. Absolutely. I think it's a part of everyone's well-being to, to moisturize, but the lotion as just um a concept, just this thing that you slather on your body that just is a slimy film on you for the rest of your day It really just gets my goat so i do
2: hate it for the first like
3: five seconds after you put it on and you can't lift anything you just have to stand there like a surgeon exactly um for me those five seconds extend to like 24 hours a day i just i'm like so uncomfortable moisturizing is like the one thing i'm good at though really it's so hard i don't understand how
2: (laughs) i always have to force myself to moisturize so, for for people who don't know you guys, how, what is what is the tragedy behind your origins in comedy? Uh, yeah. And, and what, oh, my God. Both as individuals, and then what led you to one another?
3: For me, it was um, having to move from Canada to the U.S., and from French Canada, Canada to the U.S., oh. and just not really knowing how to socialize until I, like, opened my mouth and, like did like a really shitty you know like asian accent and like i thought that was my way to like get through to people and for a while it did like i really did like put on a very like it was like actual minstrelsy and it was bad Mm. um this is real. Um, this is. I'm saying this is getting real. But
1: you know what? I'm and holding then his hand so <laughs> tight, so tight.
3: And then, um, and then someone. I think it was. It was a good friend of ours yeah, in so college. Who was finally like, "Hey, you got to cut it out with like the ethnic stuff." In a, in like the most loving way possible. He it wasn't he like, knew you
1: were better than that. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And so that was like a moment where I was like, "Oh, I I don't have to make these really broad, mm. you know, lazy jokes." Yeah. Yeah. Right, that's real. Right. Wow.
1: For me, it's that I'm. I guess I'm like tragically overwhelmingly gay. <laughs> and so like, by the time I hit like 12, 13, it became so much right. that like my interest, it's like, you know how you live your life and then one day everything just changes? It's like, I think when I was around 11, 12 years old. One day I remember going to school and it was like, oh no, he, he's the gay kid now. Oh. And that's how we know him. Yeah. So I think like, it was always a part of me like trying to be funny or make jokes to like offset that. But definitely, I mean, in middle school and high school for me, I tried so hard to be other things and identifiable with other things so that I wouldn't just be the gay kid. Right. Like, I tried very hard to be like, the funny kid for a while I was like the athletic kid Um, I ran track it wasn't like I actually had like an applicable skill I just ran Um, (laughs) I wasn't even good at the events like my sister did like high jump and was good at something I was just like I bought shoes for this (laughs) like it wasn't good um but i was I was fast. And so that got me. They were like, oh, yeah, he's gay, but like primarily good at running around in a circle. Mm. <laughs> but then, like, once that was no longer like logistically feasible for me to that to be my thing, right. I kind of like really latched on to trying to be funny and make people laugh. So they laughed before they made fun of me, right. And then, Getting to to college was interesting because that's where I met Bowen and people weren't buying my like straight veneer anymore. I didn't come out until I was like 19 after my freshman year of college. Mm -hmm. It's just very interesting to see how hard I think a lot of gay people fight to establish an identity in high school. Right. And then when you leave high school, it's like, oh, my God, the crushing reality that I have to either come out and be my authentic self, or reestablish this identity again. Right. And it's like so
3: hard. Sure. And I think we met- Well, I know what the tragedy behind us meeting was. (laughs) Go on. Which is the tragedy the farce that is the fact that Superbase on Pink Friday was a bonus track, yeah, and so it wasn't uh-huh. released as a single yet. Taylor Swift hadn't like put it on blast as like oh this great, God. this great deep cut, yeah. So we, so he and I were at this party, this after party for one of the comedy shows. He was in the sketch group and I was in the improv, and group. we had
1: been adversarial prior to that a little that.
3: bit. We were like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. Um, but then we were at this party, and then Superbase came on, and then like at this point, it was like this. Sort of like a hipstery thing to like it that was song. Niche. It was niche. It was, <laughs> niche. it was gay niche to like that song. Yeah, so very we were, true. Very true. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was
1: track 14 on that album. It was not on the album. Bonus it was track. deluxe. Yeah.
3: And so uh, it came on, and then we both locked eyes, and then we sang the whole thing together. We
1: knew the whole we song. The whole song. <laughs> and then we also knew <laughs> Roman's Revenge. And we also knew Roman's which Revenge. Just, which, of course, established us as straight people. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> I do think people underestimate how important it is for
2: gay people to know the lyrics to songs yes. when it is blasting at a party. You yes. <laughs> off
1: book. You need
2: to be off book. I I hate when people do this to me, but I'm going to do it to you guys. Do it. Which is turn your questions back on you. Oh. I thought you were going to
1: say, ask us to kill each other. <laughs> I, I hate like, when people ask me that, that too, Matt.
2: <laughs> right. But you ask all of your guests, when when did you know culture was for oh my you? God, yes, yes. Thank you for asking this. Do you have your own answers?
3: Okay, you go first because... It just came to me, but I I have to like search for it.
1: Yeah, I have like a, a myriad of answers that I can buckle down to one thing. It was caring a lot about reality competition programs. Yes. Very specifically, I think I revealed to myself who I really was when I decided who I was standing for. Mm. Like for example, I really got into Survivor Australian Outback, and <laughs> this is the second season. Uh huh. When a contestant named Elizabeth Filarski was a contestant. (laughs) Now, she did become... Elizabeth. This was was her villain origin story. Uh She unfortunately became Elizabeth Elizabeth Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck. So I saw her and said, oh, I'm her. No. This was her. She was a Puma shoe designer who was young and like blonde and like gorgeous and like fit and like rocked the tube top the like weight loss from the show like really agreed with her (laughs) she made it all the way to fourth place on sheer force of personality alone yeah that's like counts for a lot her entire tribe was wiped out like but they kept her around because they liked her and like how could you vote out elizabeth right so i was like huh i really identify with her and then i started watching american idol a couple years later and this was my first Um, introduction to Kelly Clarkson. Uh Uh-huh. So I was like, wow, I'm really identifying with these like young women who like America falls (laughs) in love with, that have a talent, honey. And then like through that kind of reality competition thing, which I actually think there's like a hardship narrative in every reality competition Uh story that I really identify with. And I've always kind of been into reality shows, competitive reality shows to this day. Obviously a huge fan of RuPaul's Drag Race. But for me, yeah, like Survivor, American Idol... And then American Idol by proxy kind of opening the door for me to like pop music and really getting obsessed with music and like even kind of the genres that they would do, like they would do like Motown week and I would get really into Motown music. (laughs) That's right. Like, yeah, right. And like they would do 60s week and I would say, I'm an aficionado about 60s music now. (laughs) But um, honestly, don't know if I realized how much I loved pop music and the arts really until kind of there was... um, mainstream entertainment based on that because I'm from Long Island where it was very sports. Like my dad was very much a sports dad. He was a varsity football and baseball coach. Right. So I was very, um, not uh, pressured, but it was assumed that I would kind of be a sports kid because that was like in my DNA and in my environment. Right. And then all of a sudden these other interests opened up and I think that's when I started to kind of sneak on like my kazah and be (laughs) like, let's look up some shit. And I was like then listening to like stand up from... Female comics, and right? So right. it all opened up from when I found music, and then found other kinds of media that were, yeah, also queer. For, for me, the g- little gay boy on the island. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's for me.
2: That's gorgeous. How about you, Bo? And you're, you're the moment you discovered culture was for you.
3: The moment I discovered culture was for me, and this is like a very, I'm not saying this to like whatever be like niche or or anything, but this is like a this is a geeky answer, but um. Japanese role-playing games <laughs> sure. so like sure. Final, like Final Fantasy uh-huh like Final Fantasy specifically because yeah. it was this like moment where I was like oh you can combine all these great different things where it's like you can combine great visuals with great storytelling with great technology like this you know whatever this sounds very um precious but it was it was just like the this intersection of all these cool things right and um that's what I, I that's what I try to do now is just to like make a bunch of things that wouldn't that you wouldn't think would work together or shouldn't work together, work together, and so, um yeah, that's like my simple, very sound bite answer. But like, it's, it, they're such gay, dramatic games. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you spend like 80 hours playing each of them. Um, and they're just so fun. And like, they're some of, they're some of the best storytelling I've ever s- experienced.
1: Were you always the girl in games? I was always the girl. I always was the girl. <laughs> was always Peach in <laughs> <and> Mario <laughs> Kart. Right, Princess Peach. Yep. Elise in SSX Tricky. Anyone, anyone? Oh my god. I don't know her. She rocks like this gorgeous blonde ponytail. <laughs> And then, that was the second iteration of the game. And then they came out with a third and she had chopped it off into like a pixie cut. They gave her like a mask haircut. And uh-huh. I was like, fuck <laughs> this. Where is her hair?
3: You need to, but then that was before you learned to appreciate butch qualities. And butch queens. butch yes. queens. Yes. Yes. Um,
1: I do
2: love like the, all of the female characters in like Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. always had like yes. the best, sluttiest like bikini situations that covered nothing. And
3: yes.
1: Tiny it was like. I loved it. Yeah. I found it empowering. <laughs> but like I wanted to be it. I really in, did. In
3: Street Fighter like Chun-Li was like the queen of all queens for me. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Oh, you're iconic." Like before I learned to appreciate what like pop idolatry was, yeah. like it like Chun-Li was like, "Oh, just by the way that you look alone and right. you're Chinese, that's amazing.
1: Also the thing about those games is too, I don't know if you guys feel like this. I'm, I'm bravely going to say this, but in a lot of those damsel in distress narratives, mm-hmm. like whenever I'd go up to my room and like retreat and like think about it and be alone with my imagination, I never wanted to be the hero. I always wanted to be the damsel in distress. Mm. I always wanted to be Peach. I always wanted to be rescued. Got I it. don't know what that says about me deep down, but like <laughs> wow. I wasn't and I and I totally respect and understand women now being like very excited about seeing themselves be the hero of their own stories and not seeing themselves as damsel in distress is because they have only ever seen themselves like that. But for me, it's like, I wish someone would rescue me. Someone let me starve in a tower and come rescue me. I mean, I think that would be fierce (laughs) to be the object of someone's affection that way that they risk their life. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that.
2: Like, I would let Donkey Kong choke me. Like,
1: you know. (laughs) 100%. Right. Like, I don't know.
2: Yes. I don't want to be trapped in a tower, but if, like, he wanted to, like, take me from a giant green pipe and yeah. like yeah
1: so you want to be like the the not the main villain <laughs> but like the side villains that hide in the pipes and get choked out right right love okay that. cool i love that that's hot
2: the other staple of your podcast is I Don't Think So Honey, yes, which you end it's with. True. It's 60 seconds ranting. Do you have a favorite
1: I Don't Think So Honey? Oh mm. my goodness. I
3: love everyone like my children. That
1: we've done or that someone else has done? Either one. Well, I just did done. a really good one. Yeah. I, I just, I did a really good one, which is on Marsha Belsky's episode, which, yes. is, which is about to come out. And it's I Don't Think So Honey. When a reality show can't decide which two finalists it wants, so there's four. Yeah. <laughs> like fuck that. Yeah. Like we watch the episodes to see eliminations. You have to make hard decisions. They've been doing it since the beginning. We don't. I don't like when there's four finalists at a reality show. I I, I don't see the benefit there. Mm. Like I don't think it benefits anyone. It's just more confusing at the end. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's also it's it cuts the dramatic tension. I think it's because, like, when we were children,
2: mm-hmm. reality shows were, like, you get voted off by the audience or by a group. Yes. And now it's, like, judges deciding, and they can right. be, like, you know. Right. It's... Hey, we want we want these four people instead of, no, the audience is ruthless. Yeah. Go home, Clay Aiken. Thank you.
1: I feel like it happens with three shows mostly. Top Model j- is doing it this season, yeah. and it's unbearable because two of them obviously are not going to win. Yeah. um, And then RuPaul's Drag Race there's always so many finalists right and it's like come on like come on but, but I then think everybody gets mad yeah, yeah and then Project mad. Runway like five of them walk at New York Fashion Week all the time I'm like this is insane <laughs> <laughs> this is like too many looks it's but all they have it's
3: all they have yeah, but Bellis I said something really poignant which was that it used to be a democracy and now it's an oligarchy which yeah. feels reflective of the state of our country <laughs> that really was poignant what you had said Very I poignant. did I said that word for word <laughs>
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, so I like Survivor was one of my first like oh I'm into this shit oh yeah and I knew it because I used to go and talk to my elderly English teacher Miss Callahan in between in between classes I would run to her classroom and we would talk
1: about Survivor oh we Hi, all Ms. had Callahan. that teacher oh oh yeah anyway. sure. <laughs> we all had that teacher and I got into a fight one time with my um I think she's my advisory teacher we had, like twenty minute period before the day started it's like a homeroom and uh she was like you know. I think Kimberly Locke might be a better singer than Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> and I and she was a music teacher. And I said, "No, she's not." It's insane that you would say that. And That's she was not a like, crazy well. thought. It's not a crazy thought. And it's for me at the time, it was insane and blasphemous.
3: Also, we didn't, we never gave Eighth World Wonder its due. As a single, eighth world Wonder is an amazing song. Is
1: right, a bop. right, it's Actually, rule of culture number seventy-nine. Eighth, eighth World Wonder is, is a bop. bop.
3: Kimberly, Locke.
1: I'm glad. You,
2: I'm glad we established that here on Unhappy <laughs> Hour. Do so you know Eighth World Wonder? I vaguely remember it.
1: <laughs> I'm seven days and seven nights of thunder, the water's rising and I'm slipping under. I think I fell in love with the Eighth World Wonder. See, you can't I'm just
2: shocked. Do it. <laughs> Maybe yes. it's like the alcohol but I remember nothing before like last week.
3: Good for you.
1: My that's sh- that's
2: the way to live. All right, moving on. What what is one pop culture hill that you're willing to die on?
3: Oh, this is great. Ooh, um,
2: wow. okay. my, I was thinking of this earlier is that Ruben Studdard is the greatest American Idol of all time. Well, that's explain that. enough time Even better. for us. <laughs> We gotta go. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what he do you mean? It. He has more talent in his diabetic big toe Yes. Than Kelly Clarkson has in, in her entire, <laughs> entire face. This is crazy. Oh my God.
3: See, I, I was I was agreeing with you before you made the comparison to Kelly. He's so talented. <sighs> I mean, she's the runner up. Okay, you think she's number
1: two? Yeah,
3: I think Ruben. Ruben stuck to what he was good at, and that is great. And like he knew himself as an artist and as a performer. I think the industry did him dirty, and so I will. I will admit to that. Like we, like the industry, never gave Ruben a chance, and we don't really know. We don't have a sampling of
1: work to compare to Kelly. Sorry, for two thousand four was a hit. <laughs> the industry yeah. gave him a chance, <laughs> <laughs> despite having the shittiest song ever. It was a hit song. Oh my God. Don't come to me and say the industry didn't give Ruben Stutter a chance. His
3: cover. When Clay Aiken is no
1: longer a recording artist.
2: (laughs) That wasn't even the best Ruben song. It was his superstar, the cover of That was very very good. And then whatever. Flying without without wings. wings. I I quoted Flying Without Wings in a speech I gave in eighth grade. Good for you. To the graduating class. Yeah. Beautiful. Bravo. That's very good. (laughs) It was it was a highlight of my uh, eighth grade life.
3: Oh my god, that's beautiful. That's a good pop culture hill to die on. Yeah, I have mine. Go ahead. Because I was talking to a friend about this because Killing Eve just premiered and Sandra Oh's resplendent. She's very in it. good in it.
1: Mm-hmm. You you missed her gasp, crying. Oh and you didn't my know god, you missed her gasp. You missed crying. her
3: screaming. Just there's in a scene total where she distress. really.
1: Sc- there's a couple scenes where she really screams. She g- yeah, she
3: g- I will attempt at recreating it. I'm
1: sorry. Yep. As Barry, I'm so Barry, as Barry I'm so sorry. leaps for the levels. And now mine. <laughs> oh my God, oh my God, someone help me! It's so good. He's doing an amazing Sandra Oh. <laughs> so o. good. That's, that's yeah. your, your Snatch Game is should Sandra be Sandra Oh. Yes. We, we always talk about who our Snatch Game would be. That's a good question. Who would your who would Snatch be? Game be?
2: I don't know. Louie Anderson, probably.
1: <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Louis Anderson is very good, and that
3: could be very layered. Yeah.
1: Mine will be Bethany Frankel.
3: Fun. Yes, yes. Um, Okay, so uh, this is the hill I'm I'm willing to die on, is that we should not give stand-up comedians their own TV shows and their own movies necessarily to act in because being a good comedian does not equate being a good comic actor (laughs) because you have Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock who I think are among two of our best comedic actors in movies. Like, they're so funny. They understand timing in this way that not a lot of of other people do. Mm -hmm. But to have, like, and I think Amy Schumer is great, but to have, like... Aziz, let's say Aziz and like Louis C.K. and like both of their names have been tarnished, but like to have like celebrated their like auteur comedies and be like, wow, they're giving really good performances. It's like no, it's like they're not being (laughs) good actors, right? And meanwhile, Sandra O on Killing Eve and on Grey's Anatomy, I will say, and of course, Princess Diaries was always giving you comedy.
1: Comedy is it's true she was giving you comedy. She was giving you
3: great comedy on top of like super raw drama.
1: I agree with that. So
3: yeah, that's the hill I'm willing to die on. Let's not let's not give these comedians movies and TV shows to act in and yeah. give them this media material just because they're comedians.
1: I have my hill that I'm willing to die on. Yes, it's interesting you just mentioned Sandra Bullock because she's part of this. Okay, <laughs> Regina Hall. Oh yeah, was the best thing about Girls Trip by a country mile. Mm. Yeah, and should be as big and have the same opportunities as Sandra Bullock. Yes, Regina Hall has by far more talent than I think the vast majority of people, actresses working. And she doesn't do nearly the amount of things that she should be doing. If you're unfamiliar with Regina Hall, you actually are because you are gagged for her performance as Brenda in the Scary Movie trilogy, especially Scary Movie 3 Mm -hmm. in which she has the single best scene ever committed (laughs) to celluloid, which is... The movie theater scene? Not that, but that's also brilliant. It's the scene (laughs) in the classroom when... In Scary Movie 3. Scary Movie 3, when Simon Rex... (laughs) Simon Rex, RIP. RIP Simon
3: Rex's (laughs) career. Oh my
1: God, no! Yeah, Simon Rex is alive and well. Keep it, keep (laughs) it, keep it, Barry, keep it. Simon (laughs) Rex is alive and well. Um, The career we don't know. But he leaves the room, it's a classroom, and some kid throws a bunch of crayons at the door, levels Barry, and, and, and <laughs> Regina Hall goes, now who the fuck did that? <laughs> it's so it's funny. It's so funny, I can't do it justice, but also, Girls Trip, I give Tiffany Haddish all the credit in the world. She was a scene stealer. Breakout star. It does not go beyond that, honey. Because if you're if if you you going to talk that much about Tiffany Haddish, yes, she did exactly what she's supposed to do. Amazing job. But someone in that performance was actually turning out a great, well-rounded performance, and it was Regina Hall. And yes. she goes unnoticed time and time and time again. Mm. And she is extremely gifted and should be recognized in a mainstream way. I feel. All right. Let's go to our, our game,
2: which we call Bowl of Shit Talk. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Uh, and for the first time, we have an actual bowl. I love it. Wow. It's, it's
3: right before my eyes. With
2: a bunch of topics. And basically, either you shit talk them or say whatever you want about them. Got it. There really are no rules. Uh, I'll <laughs> shake it.
1: Okay. <gasps> I'll I'll let you guys pick. Okay. Okay. But we'll go one at a time. All right. Okay. So should I read it out loud? Sure. Lab? The royal wedding, a.k.a. an accomplished woman of color marrying hot Ed Sheeran. Oh, my God. Here's what I'll say about royal weddings. I genuinely do not care. However, I understand why people do care. However, also, they have to admit that they're boring. Like, if you're someone who really cares about the royal wedding, like that means that you have a lot of space in your life to fill. You know what I mean, like, <laughs> right. and that's fine. It's okay to be basic. My, the title of my first book will be Basic Instincts, <laughs> and that's a plug for my book, which I don't have a deal for, and may it may never happen. But I understand wanting to to fill your life with with the knowledge about the royal family, with images of the royal wedding. I get it because I too am basic.
3: I'm so excited for the royal wedding myself. Fine. I'm, I'm excited. I'm a,
1: I'll make a hat.
3: Oh, I will make a hat. It's such a great opportunity for hats. It's time for me to draw mine. Yeah, looks it like it's time for you. Okay. Um. Oh wow. Uh, I drew my doorman going on strike.
2: <laughs> that, this is just my person. Pick a different one. Really?
3: Okay. Because I was going to go in on just
2: my doormen are going on strike, and it's very. That's... It's a struggle for me as um a privileged Manhattanite. <laughs> <laughs> it is a struggle for right? it is it's, it's a struggle. What am I tree. supposed to do with all of my packages? Exactly. Okay? Look,
1: as long as you can acknowledge the privilege, you can complain about I, it. I Look, have to go downstairs
2: to, to get my food delivery.
1: Yeah. That's
3: that. 100%. The, I'm, I'm it's sorry, annoying. It's not
1: what you're paying for.
3: It's not. Um, oh, no, is this real? <gasps> Wait, Piers Morgan as the host of UK Drag Race?
2: Did you not hear this? No, I I excuse on. me? Yeah. Pierce Morgan was chosen as the host of a UK RuPaul's drag race. Oh my God. Does not make any sense. I'm almost positive this is real, okay.
1: and I didn't just make it up. Whoever's making these decisions is, needs to be fired.
3: Oh my god, are you kidding me? Pierce Morgan is still out there on Twitter making fucking transphobic as hell jokes and shit. Like, okay, wait, did you find yeah, something?
2: He's a terrible person. Terrible yeah, person. According to Pink News, which maybe not... Pink <laughs> News, of course, yeah. In a shock move, the Good Morning Britain presenter has confirmed that he is renouncing his previous anti-trans views to join
3: celebrity drag race ahead of the program's launch on ITV. Yeah, because you can just switch that on and off, right? That's <laughs> fucking bullshit. I'm like this. Tr- as soon as I saw
1: this, I, I, I my eyes darted up at Balasai. I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is horrendous!" Oh, when people do an interview with him now, I'm I, I think less of them. Yeah, like. I don't know. Like when Kim Cattrall went on Piers Morgan to like get, give her side, yeah. I'm like, oh,
3: you can't trust her at all. I was like, actually, I'm so Team SJP now because it's, it's Kim insane. decided to go to yeah. fucking Piers Morgan, and Piers Morgan wants Celebrity Apprentice, and so is good friends with Donald Trump. So fuck that guy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we're gonna. So we'll end on a genuinely angry note. Thank no, you. Yeah, that was that's
2: bad. That's I, and I would actually
1: be willing to bet big money it does not happen. Yeah. I hope not. I hope not. Wait, what? It was April Fool's. Hey,
0: Barry here, your friendly neighborhood producer. I just want to stop the tape real quick and clarify that Pink News put this story out on April 1st, and our beloved Matt Bellassi, who is in fact a fool, fell for that April Fool's joke. To be fair, Pink News did not clarify or update the article at all after April 1st, but once I figured it out... I let everybody know that this was, in fact, an April Fool's prank that we all fell for. Now, back to the interview.
3: Wait, what? It was April
1: Fool's. Oh! Oh I'm sorry, Barry, we my screwed. God, I think you need to keep it in. It was April Fool's. Breaking news! Oh my God. That
3: joke. is, it of April course Fools. it was
1: an April Fool's joke. Wow. No, it should be, it should be <laughs> solidified in time that we thought. How could I, we ever think that would be true? I believed it. I believe, I've believed yeah, I've been I mean, believing this for news. like a week
2: after I heard it. It Shit. was on
3: pink news. It was on pink news. Shit's fucked up. And so of course it would be in the realm of possibility for Piers Morgan to oh host my that. god. That's so funny.
1: I think that's hilarious. That's great. Oh my god. <laughs> if you if you guys want to keep that great. Keep it. Here was the five minutes we thought Piers Morgan was gonna host RuPaul's Drag Race Jesus,
2: UK. Jesus you know, let's leave it with still fuck Piers Morgan. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Well, before I let you go, then where can people find both of your work? You can find my work at, Matt Rogers, though, T-H-O. And Las Culturistas, um, you can follow on Twitter, too. And please listen to our podcast. We're also going to be doing a bunch of live shows um, in June. Yes. Um,
3: nice. Yeah, you can find me, as Matt mentioned, on Instagram, at Faye Dunaway. Spelled exactly like the name. <laughs> um, I don't know why they haven't reached out to purchase that for me. And um, at Bo and Yang on Twitter. And, yeah, check us out on Vulture. We write silly recaps for things. For Drag race. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: We're out
2: there. <laughs> well thank you and go forth with the knowledge that we are free of Piers Morgan. Thank you. Fuck. What a relief. God. Oh yes. my god. <laughs> Fuck April Fools. Bye. <laughs> Bye. We're almost there. We're almost at the end of the show. But first, our chasers. Chasers are the good stuff that helps all the bad stuff go down. It's what makes it all worth it. Barry, do you have a chaser this week?
0: I do have a chaser this week. In honor of 420 in celebration, I just want to share um, the Lana Del Rey song, High by the Beach is a great song it's a great song to listen to stoned i love that song so much um i like to replace the man in it with anxiety and just make it a song about my anxiety and it's really it's a banger it's great um i love it and that's my chaser this week
2: she's our 420 queen she is
0: I just said Lana Del Rey. Oh. And I said, hi by the beach.
2: I don't care. My my brain heard Rihanna, <laughs> and I'm going to stick with it, because she is our 420 queen, not Lana Del Rey.
0: Yeah. The whole anti-album by Rihanna is another great album to listen to. If you guys want, I'll make a playlist on Spotify, on my favorite no, songs to no. listen to. Hi. No. Matt, what's your chaser this week? My chaser is about a
2: different queen <laughs> on Netflix. Uh, the documentary series, Wild Wild Country. It's if you so haven't good. seen it, it is wild wild. Basically, it's about a cult that moves into a town in Oregon, and then all the white people at the town next door are like, we don't want these people in our neighborhood. But the person who basically runs the cult is Ma Nan Sheila, who is my personal savior. <laughs> <laughs> Even though she might have... She like is a biological She's a terrorist, but
0: complicated villain.
2: <laughs> it is fascinating and fun to watch. And it made me realize that like if someone offered, I probably would join a cult. Yeah. I said this on Twitter, but like I like to think I would resist, but like if Beyonce asked, I would like build a compound and staff it in her name. Anyway, buy some sunrise colored jumpers. And uh, bow down to our queen, the maybe terrorist. (laughs) On, on, Sheila. And that's it. Thank you for listening to Unhappy Hour. You can head to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever else you get podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, then rate us and review us, but only if it's nice. Also, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Let people know that you love Unhappy Hour and that they should be listening to it. Unhappy Hour is a production of Pineapple Street Media. It's produced by Barry Finkel, Josh Nguyen, Jenna Weiss-Berman, and me, Matt Belisai. Special thanks to Max Linsky, Eleanor Kagan, Jonathan Menivar, and Maddie Sprung-Kaiser. You can find me on all the social medias at Matt Belisai, And that's it. That's everything. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Uh, bye bye (laughs) (laughs) prr <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>